Welcome to the Cosmic Goodie Bag here on Dash Talk X Radio. I am your host, Carla Cherry. Thank you for joining me. We are delving into the supernatural world, interviewing game changers, authors, ufologists, mediums, sacred sight junkies, even pet psychics. Why am I doing this? Sometimes it's the red pill. Sometimes it's the blue pill. Sometimes you just slip and fall down the rabbit hole and you get a timeshare there. Our mission is to expand our consciousness and find some personal power. Do you want some personal power? I'm tired of watching superhero movies. I want a little bit of that for myself. My guests have studied ancient texts, researched the supernatural, and so together, let's figure out what the heck they're talking about. Strap in. Today, we have a very special guest. Serena Wright Taylor is a UFO researcher and an intuitive Vedic astrologer. A former producer for BBC London, she's currently on the board of directors of MUFON OC and Starworks USA. She's an award-winning conference producer and is producing Live Conscious Expo, which is coming up in Los Angeles February 21st through the 24th. She's emceeing the UFO panel featuring world-renowned ufologist. Super excited. We're going to talk all about that. Welcome, Serena Wright-Taylor, to the Cosmic Goodie Bag. Well, hello, Connor. It's great to be here, to be with you today. Thank you. It's truly an honor to have you, and I know you're super busy producing this expo, so I definitely appreciate you taking time out to tell us all about it and to tell us oh, about UFO. I'm very happy to do that. Actually, it's Conscious Life Expo. Did I say it wrong? You, you said life. You okay. said life first, but okay. conscious life. <laughs> conscious life. Get it right. Okay. Conscious life expo. <laughs> Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. That's good when people are looking that up. I'm very excited to talk to you today about UFO research, um, how mm-hmm. you got into it, why it's important, especially now. But first, I want to go back. Take me back and tell me, how did you get into UFOs? Oh, that's a good question, (laughs) to get into you first. Um, Well, really, um, it started when I was really small, and I often start my talks that way, um, because um, I had dreams um, that were not really dreams. Um, I I think a lot of people have dreams that are not really dreams these days. Mm. Um, But mine started when I was really small, and because I loved playing with insects and studying them, and taking them, you know, looking in a pond. We had a pond in our garden, and um, I like to look at all the little um, larvae and everything in there. Um, and that night, uh, sometimes, not every night, but occasionally I would have these experiences where um, the, as I was falling asleep, so that's this hypnagogic state, you know, when you're half between sleep and being awake, and um, there wouldn't be a ceiling. But instead I would see the universe, I would see the sky, but there was actually planets, more close up, not just stars, but close up planets in the sky. Mm. And there would be craft. Um, and I used to call them buses. The thing is that I didn't know the term UFO. I don't think we had that term. Not even flying saucers, I didn't know when I first saw these things. Um, and we started off with just the radio when I was little. And I remember when we got into you know, a black and white TV. <laughs> and I didn't watch space shows on that either um, for a long time. There wasn't much on for a while. Um, So I wasn't thinking about it by watching a film or anything. Um, But um, there was these little craft, and then sometimes I could see these big wheels, which now look like space stations, but at that time I called them wheels. Then also there was creatures in the sky, in the universe, so to speak, that didn't need a craft. They were maybe, I would call them dragons, but I had all my own names it, according to maybe fairy tales and things at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, but I wasn't scared because when we get these kinds of classes or, you know, lessons, learning at night, 
it's done in such a gentle way that we're not scared as if we saw that during the day we think what's happening to me you know um but um it was gently kind of nudging me and teaching me that what's in the pond is also in the o- in the sky it's it's like the ocean too but you know um like um just like you see fish or you see larvae in the pond uh, there's creatures in the sky that don't need spaceships um there's creatures that do there's spaceships that are alive in themselves so all that kind of thing was something that i started thinking about very young just using different terms for it and of course my parents would think would say oh that's a really interesting dream <laughs> yeah. but i thought oh it's a dream you know but it was different from a dream so then when i started hearing later on about ufo's about um, flying saucers and and seeing tv shows and things then it all made sense and then i got extremely interested and now these days of the last many many years um my learning sort of situations or learning experiences at night are more like a classroom where we learn things and i think a lot of people have said that to me that they have similar experiences mm-hmm. and even though we can read books and we can have a guru and we can have meditation and so many things that we do to absorb knowledge sometimes you know we learn um a huge amount at night mm-hmm. just from you know and it can be a, a spirit guide i'm not saying it's on a ufo some people know that they're on a ufo when they have these but i don't know that um i'm just learning from um a teacher and um absorbing some knowledge that doesn't always come out right that i don't even always remember it right away but it can come out when i'm either speaking or when i'm helping someone doing a reading or something like that so anyway that's what got me started on ufo's and then it was great to find out um as you know as i got older there's so many researchers into these things and to do some research myself and now to um produce the the UFO panel and bring the UFO researchers to Conscious Life Expo and also the um ancient alien section we mm-hmm. call it ancient alien now after the show mm-hmm. but before that we called it ancient secret in all the mysteries of the advanced civilizations and i spent a lot of time studying the vedic knowledge in in temples mm-hmm. so um you know it kind of corresponds with that that there was very advanced civilizations where there was um uh contact with extraterrestrials mm-hmm. so all that makes sense wow. <laughs> now i brought it all together sure um in, in the con- in the conferences that is so much information so i have to unpack it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when you're in little and you're saying that you see creatures that don't need spaceships what did they look like well um and this is all in that you know sort of vision um i wasn't actually out looking at the sky i was in it was in this vision um mm-hmm. that i would be given at night so um well i would call them dragons so some of those would be um you know like a larvae or a creature in the in the pond and they sort of move they mm-hmm. undulate to move along so it, it to me they were looking like they were undulating to move along in space. Okay. And um you know what is interesting when I started seeing as uh, some people might re- recognize that um uh you know in Mexico there's been videos of um they look kind of like snakes or worms mm-hmm. but in space very very big um uh, really but they look small from from down here. Um and they um they do that. They sort of undulate and move Oh, um, wow. and um they're very they're much higher than a balloon. Some people say, "Well, wasn't that a balloon or a bunch of balloons, you know, tied together?" Uh-huh. But um when you see these videos, they're much higher than um than a balloon could go. 
and they are um, moving in a certain direction, maybe even against the wind, you know, and turning, and mm-hmm. they're making different shapes. And so it was like that, really. They, uh-huh. they were kind of like that that I used to see. I think I know what you're talking about. They do look like shiny balloons, but when you look at it, I've seen some of the video, and you look at it and you're like, wait, that's not a round balloon, and it is changing shape. Yeah. Yeah. and then little spheres come out of them. There's a lot of little spheres, and they, and they see them a lot in, in South America and Mexico. They come mm. out of the um, those shapes, and then they go back in. So they're like little um, uh, smaller ships or smaller, you know, um, even if they're, they could be alive, coming out and then going back in. And um, and so they're not just a balloon or something stuck up there, you know. Mm-hmm. And then people say, well, why aren't they here in mm-hmm. America? But, you know, the, the Air Force is here. So they, they chase things like that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but down there, they don't have the same, same uh, Air Force um, at all, uh, very small, if any. So they're much safer when they appear down there. <laughs> so that's the only way we can really explain it, you know. I think they're they're very gentle and they're not doing anything harmful. They mm-hmm. just um I feel, you know, kind of reminding people or maybe they're also surveilling and checking out what's going on down here, you know? Mm, that's why you think they're here? <clears throat> well they could be, I mean they could be here for that reason, um and also just to um let people know that, you know, the universe is full of life like right. I was learning when I was little. So do you uh, think that the chemtrails that are happening are part of keeping them out? Oh, I haven't thought about that um, generally, although I don't personally investigate that completely. The people who do, uh, they're saying that it's weather control and so forth. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't know if it's anything to do with the UFOs. It could be. Okay. I don't know for sure. <laughs> well, so you're saying that they teach you things in dreams. What are some of the things you've yeah. learned? Oh, um, well, that was the first thing, that those first early dreams, that there's life out there in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more recently, occasionally, I'll have, and this might be like once a year, twice a year. Okay. Um, I might have these experiences. It's not that I have them all the time. Although I can say that, you know, that's what I remember. But, of course, and like, I, know, I know a lot of people are going to agree that they have these experiences. I've met so many people. So probably a lot of listeners are saying, yeah, that happens to me. Um, but I have things where I know I was learning something, like dreams or experiences at night. I wake mm-hmm. up and I can't remember a thing. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I remember a bit of it and I think I'm going to write that down now. And by the time I start to write it down, I think, what was that? <laughs> and, you know, but then <laughs> I think it just goes in there and comes mm-hmm. out. And, you know, at other times or when... Maybe someone asked me a question, like in a reading, and I know something. I think, where did that come from? Uh, so it could be that. But mm-hmm. one that I remember, um, it was a very long one, but um, one of the parts of it was that um, we were healing a person. Mm. And um, the teacher, and I never really see their faces. They're very tall, I know that. And I never really want to look at their faces. I, I know they're very gentle and good you know, beings. Mm-hmm that everyone else is, you know, from this planet, so to speak, most likely, because I feel connected to all those people. And um, that that we were learning to heal someone and to really concentrate our energy on, um, and in this way, we were looking and doing it with our eyes. So it was like the third eye, really, but, you know, we're out of body in a way, and we're we're doing that. Um, And we're in a circle. And so when I was doing that, we were helping a lady who either was here on this planet or wherever we were, I'm I'm not sure. Um, She was laying down in the middle and we were in a circle. And I thought to myself, I'm going to come back and I can do this. Wow. And how great. 
so then I didn't think you know, they're all telepathic, <laughs> the beings, mm-hmm. um, these higher beings, you know. Um, and they said in my head, well, you, you can do this if you know the secret. And the secret is without ego, to do it without ego. Mm. So it was really um, inspiring me that, you know, if we can um, do, we can do so many things if we let go of the ego. Mm. We can heal and help and do so many things and, for, you know, totally selfless and wanting the best for a person. Um, we can help or the, or the planet or whatever. So, you know, if we can let go of the ego, but also what it's the group of people. And I think the teacher was really saying, look, you're doing this in a group. Uh-huh. So it's not that you are thinking, oh, look, I did this thing. Right. It's all of us together are learning to link our energy and concentrate on something to help. And in that way, we can do amazing things. And there's been other times when I've seen weather change through, you know, the same thing with a group of people mm-hmm. concentrating. And so, um, yeah, so all this kind of information goes in and, um, and you know, other people, it may ring a bell and they may, <laughs> may realize they've had the same experiences. Have you tried it? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Well, as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I woke up from that experience, that was in um, 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot more to it actually. But I was saying to my husband, "Can you feel the energy with my eyes? Look, I'm looking at you. Can you feel it?" <laughs> He's like, "Hey, just have breakfast." Just, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I know something happened to you. You know. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't done you know the physical healing that much. I did do a little bit of it. But I think in that case, I mean, I feel that when I talk to people, for me, they were really saying to me, mm. my, you know, my part of it is not like a health practitioner. It's more that I do it with my readings. Ah. So, um, and even producing conferences, right, where you right. have people, bring people together and mm-hmm. you all have, have a certain theme of, of healing and helping the planet. Mm-hmm. So all these things, you know, it, it helps us have more power in doing that and bringing people together to do it. That's awesome. So I think that's what I was being encouraged to do rather than hands-on healing. That's awesome. So I understand mm-hmm. that you studied ancient Vedic civilizations and you found yeah. various extraterrestrial species mentioned in the ancient texts, as well as proof of ancient spaceships. So I'd love to mm-hmm. hear about that. Oh, yes, because I was um, uh, at age, well, first of all, I was at the BBC, and then at age 18, as soon as I was 18, I, I wanted to go and live in the temple, the, it was the Hare Krishna temple in wow. London. And um, we all, you know, in the temples, everyone studies the Vedas every morning mm-hmm. and evening. And, um, and of course, I was particularly interested in the parts to do with the Vimanas, the spaceships, and, and the people who live on different planets. And they're mostly human-looking. Um, a lot of times these days, you know, we, people talk about the gray aliens that I, I totally believe exist, and mm-hmm. I know people have had experiences with them. Um, I haven't had an experience with them. But I, I was noticing in all my studies, you know, so many of the, the people who live on other planets... Um, are human looking, mm-hmm. um, but they have more powers. And um, actually, I'm going to talk about that a little bit at the expo. I do um, a lecture at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. I like to do my lecture at the very beginning <laughs> before <laughs> anything else because I have so much to do. Right. And um, but um, yeah, I will be talking about that. Um, but they have other powers called siddhis, um, and that and people might have heard that yogic siddhis, which just means ability. 
So, you know, on this planet, we have basic abilities of hearing and seeing, and Mm -hmm. then we can develop psychically and other things. But um, on these more advanced planets, they have so many more abilities, Mm. like being able to um, uh, move things from one place to another through walls, you know, the levitation, for instance, or, um, you know, moving the person, uh, the person moving somewhere else. Um, being able to see a, a long distance, some you know, other part of the planet, which is remote viewing, mm-hmm. but you know, it's natural for them. So all these kinds of abilities, um, and people think, oh, you know, that's the the gods. It's just a legend. How can any anything do that or anyone do that? Mm-hmm. But it's normal there, just like it's normal for us to have our you know minor abilities here. For them to have so much more power. And be able to do so many things is normal there. Mm. So, you know, when you read the, the Vedas, you, you hear about, you know, people coming to this planet and helping and doing something and going back on their Vimana or time traveling. But all that is was very normal there, or it is very normal. And there was times on in this planet in previous ages when people here, you know, had those abilities. And in this age, which is called Kali Yuga, and it's the you know age of more ignorance and very short lifespan actually mm-hmm. that um, that we don't have all those abilities and if we did we would not use them for the for good things. Mm. <laughs> I know when you were like saying even, moving people around and through walls, I just saw YouTube videos like happening. <laughs> you know? oh, right. If we had that <laughs> capability here, it would just be like YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yes, that's true. But, you know, so many things are used for weapons. And so, mm-hmm. um, so in, you know, in the UFO panel at Conscious Life, we're going to talk about ET influences in human evolution. And so one of those things um, that, um, you know, which um, you can talk about possibly is UFO crashes. And where did they happen on purpose? Did some of them mm. allow that to happen so that um, perhaps we were supposed to get the technology, uh, because all our technology became more advanced very fast in mm-hmm. the last few years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people use it for, um, you know, obviously military, they use it for the military. And, um, and I was just thinking about night vision, go- uh, night vision goggles and night vision before you called and how that was one of the things that came from the Roswell crash. Ah. And, you know, yeah. And, uh, and um you know how it's not how it's used mostly by soldiers. And when people think about it, they think, "Oh, you know, that's for soldiers." But um, yeah, they have that that the ETs that they have you know have a technology for night vision and mm-hmm. integrated circuits and all those things were discovered through through UFO crashes. So before we get into that, I just want to recap. So in the Vedic ancient texts, there mm-hmm. are pictures of spaceships and they called them vimanas v-i-m-a vimana mm-hmm. yeah vimana just means you know airplane or spaceship okay you know, that's what it means and so you're and seeing it my website and you're seeing it written there and you're seeing pictures in the text um well the, it's written um and since then people have drawn um pi- pictures from i think there are some some ancient pictures too mm-hmm. but a lot of the pictures that you see like if you put you type in Vimana, mm-hmm. a lot of them are not the, the real descriptions of those original um, uh, spaceships. Um, but, um, you know, because people have, you know, had, uh, they call them Vimana, but they've got, some people have even um, sort of channeled what they think they look like. So okay. it's all mixed up. We don't, you know, completely think they look like um, any one thing, really, because there's all different kinds. But very often, the really huge ones 
are described like castles, oh. um, like huge, um, like you can live in there, they're big, they're, you know, what we might call motherships, you know. And they're made in space. They're, they're, they're formed in space. They're not formed in, on this planet and, um, or on a planet necessarily. So, and it, it, sorry, go ahead. So time-wise, <laughs> so time give me an idea of when this was and why, did, why. If we had them thousands of years ago, why are they no longer here? Well, it's um, beyond 5,000 years ago okay. um, and the time be- before that. And um, really, we didn't have them. It's more described in the Vedas as the other, the more advanced um, beings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people call them demigods, devas. Um, so really, they are, like I said, just advanced people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might live on various other dimensions too, not just other planets, but other dimensions. Some are very high dimensional beings. And um, they would come and visit more because people here okay. were more spiritually advanced, and and um, they were they were able to speak with them and and deal with them. Deal um, with them. And some of them, <laughs> yeah, some of them were not so good. You know, a bit selfish, self-oriented, self most you know, um, serving themselves. Mm-hmm. And but, but very you know, very many of them were very advanced spiritually. Um, but yes, um, so sometimes they would give um, a spaceship to someone or something like that. Um, but it it wasn't so much that people had a Vimana like people okay. had a car. Here, okay, yeah, know, that's what like I was that. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about like maybe Atlantis and Lemuria, those civilizations that we don't Yeah, they were a bit back and forth, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what do <laughs> spaceships look like now and how are they powered up? So now, um, well, people are seeing all different kinds of ships. Mm-hmm. And um, so if we go back to the Vedic description of them, I kind of think in those three terms, there's the material vimanas, which could be made of metal or they can be made of, you know, um, possibly materials that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're sort of gross, somewhat more like gross energy. And then there's the, the subtle ones, which we would call a more... Um, you know the etheric energy, um, mm-hmm. the light, you know, made of light, or um, and you, you know, they're other dimensional. They can travel through dimensions, and then there's the spiritual, which can go beyond. They can go beyond all the planets to to a higher place. Oh, really? So um, they can come here too. Yeah, they're described in the Vedas. So I kind of go with those three descriptions, even when I see um, ships. Well, I have seen maybe UFOs three times, but when I hear about other other UFOs. I think about those three different descriptions, but I think it's very common to see those ones that are etheric because they can manifest themselves here mm-hmm. and then they suddenly disappear. And you think, you know, people say, well, how did it disappear? Mm-hmm. Did it go? Or sometimes they're just out of our vision because they're into the next dimension mm-hmm. to move somewhere else, you know, or they can move like lightning. They can move so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and that's another ability that they have on those higher planets that was here, you know, on those, in those advanced civilizations. So I wanted to tell you about an experience that I have and see what you think it was. Mm. So I was on my deck in basically Hollywood and um, I, was, I did a meditation and I did mm-hmm. a really deep meditation and um, I sent my own like sort of signal up because I've been obsessed with this for a while. And I just said one day I was like, I, I want to see what happens. Yeah. And I uh-huh. sent a signal up and, you know, I was there for hours. I think I lost time. I don't even know how long I was there. And um, 
And then I saw two hawks, which is sort of my bird. And um, (laughs) they circled and they went higher and higher and higher into the sky. And I just kind of intuitively knew, look there. And then three craft appeared. Oh, yeah. And they were like, sort of like white disc orbs. And they mm-hmm. were bouncing and moving in ways that planes can't move. They were yeah. sort of like yeah. this jerking motion, like over here, then over here, like super fast, and then sometimes floaty. Um, and then suddenly a plane came. But just before the plane came, there were five, and then they disappeared. Oh. So I wanted fantastic. to ask you, with that description, like, you know, sort of white, translucent, but not fully translucent, Super high, mm-hmm. kind of round. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think that was? Well, oh, it's hard to say, you know, which planet or, <laughs> but, or anything like that. We don't know that. But, um, but that's, I know that that is how so many people can contact them by, you know, being calm and meditating and asking in a very, you know, humble way mm-hmm. and putting positive energy of peace, you know, peaceful energy. Mm-hmm. They are much more likely to come to that than they are, you know, someone demanding they want to see them or, or doing, you know, some, or military exercises or things like that. <laughs> much more likely to come to to someone meditating. Um, and you know, so many people have done that. You meditate and then they're there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened, and, and that's so interesting because the number three comes up often. Mm. Um, in people seeing beings, really, um, and also craft, yes, and then cra- and then beings being like a ball of light first, mm-hmm. and then becoming turning in, you know, to a person, and then going back into a ball of light to go. Ooh, and um, that actually happened in the crop circles to to someone I know there. Oh, really? Um, and yeah, yeah, he he saw the, the three balls of light, and it was amazing because that night, um, it was back in I'm trying. Oh, I would have to guess on the year, and it was just I can't guess back on the year. But um, it, it, the, um, there, there was, it was getting late, and I wanted to go back to the B and B, so I did because mm-hmm. I tend to get very tired, <laughs> and I miss, and I knew that <laughs> I knew that it was a really good evening astrologically to see, mm. you know, to have a visitation or something. And I thought, well, they haven't come, and I'm going, you know, I haven't seen anything yet today. I wasn't even trying, actually, at that time. Mm-hmm. I had just gone to a talk. But anyway, other people who are up at the hill, um, the biggest hill in, in the East Field in England, where the, is in the Vale of Pusey, where the crop circles used to be a lot of them. Oh. They saw, they were walking up the, the hill, and they saw three walls of light. Mm. And then they, they were moving, and they were getting lower and lower. And then they saw the, you know, a shape of arms and legs come out. And a head come out, and then um, he was he was asking, trying to contact them, and he didn't he didn't seem to be able to contact them, but he just saw them, you know, become like people, right. and then after a little while, they just went back into a ball and shot away, and, um, and the interesting thing is that hill is called Golden Ball Hill from ancient times, oh wow, from way back, yeah, and that's always interests me because so many people have seen the beings be golden balls or the golden balls come over where the crop circles are. And, you know, some of the, yeah, we know some of the crop circles are made by people, but not all of them. You said something that was interesting. You said it was a good, astro- like, astrologically, it was a good night oh, to see yes. stuff. What does that there mean? Was a, 
Well, I wasn't, I can't remember the whole um, setup, how the um, astrology was that night. Right. I think that Venus and Uranus were conjunct or like people have had um, uh, ET experiences or spiritual experiences. Um, and, you know, they've told me about the day they've had it and, I, and I've looked at it according to their chart, ah. according to the day. And there's certain things that have, you know, have come up. And so it seemed to me, you know, that that was a likely day. Um, and there were some, some conjunctions that were unusual. Um, and I just can't remember what they all were now. But I thought, well, that could be, you know, ah. something that doesn't happen very often. Yes, yeah, so that, I was kind of alert to it. <laughs> Interesting. That's a, that's that's a extra special knowledge to yeah. have. So, oh, it helps. Yeah, it helps a lot of things. Yeah, because I like to, you know, start traveling on an auspicious day for travel and, you know, people call me about things like that because mm. then it helps the whole event, whatever it is, or putting on an event or all those things. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so when you, for, for Conscious Life Expo, what's great about that weekend? February? I mean, I, I know oh, there's a lot know, of things that are great, I, but like I don't get to do that. Yeah, oh, you don't the, get to do Our that. Um, executive <laughs> producer has to talk with the Hilton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they give him the days that are available. Depends. So we can't even... <laughs> We can't even choose. That's funny. It depends <laughs> on the gods of the Hilton. Um, yes. <laughs> so out of the all of the ET species that exist, name for me three of your top favorite and why. Oh, I've never thought about that. Um, well, you know, people talk about the Pleiadians, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, I, I, I don't think that every single... Like, like you know, Nordic. They call them Nordics. They look. They have light hair. And all. I don't think that necessarily all of those are all you know Pleiadian, but mm -hmm. they, I think some of them are. But um, in Vedic understanding, the Pleiades is an advanced uh, area. You know, the stars. They're stars, and of course, there's planets going around the stars mm -hmm. that orbiting them, and that's where the people would live. And and um, people have said, you know, from their experiences, I haven't had a personal experience. My my husband did. But he didn't really know if they were from the Pleiades either. Um, but yeah, that they would be more advanced and more spiritual mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, wanting the best for people. So there's different kinds of beings that live on, um, you know, different dimensions, I was saying. Mm -hmm. And there's in the Vedas, there's um, Gandhava Loka. Loka means planet. And okay. Gandhavas, where the Gandhavas live. And they're like what people might call angels because they're very good at singing and the arts. And um, that's my daughter's name is Gandhavika oh, wow. um, because of that. <laughs> and um, because I thought, well, she'll be good at the arts. And, um, <laughs> and is she? <laughs> she is. Okay. She, oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and so, um, yeah, I think, you know, they've always been a favorite of mine um, from, you know, in the Vedic literature. So in the Vedic literature, there's Gandhavas that are just... Gandhavas. Gandhavas. Gandhavik, yeah, Gandhavas, yeah. Sounds like a little bit like Godiva chocolate. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so in in the script or in the text in the text, it it describes them as being from other planets, like another planet, yeah, otherworldly. Yeah, Loka, um, advanced planets, and they, you know, they have spaceships. They're someone who they they can travel in in Vimana spaceships, and they're very talented in the arts. So, you know, beautiful singing and music and so forth. Um, that we can't even imagine. I mean, there's wonderful singing and music on this planet, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, on those more advanced planets, it, it would be incredibly even more beautiful. Oh, wow. So, so, yeah. so it just says that, or how do we know that? Oh, there's different stories where they come in, you know, okay. and they're described. 
Um, so, um, uh, you know, you'll, there'll be a visit from the Gandavas and oh. they'll be singing. Or if, so like when Krishna was on this planet and he did some special um, deed or something and mm-hmm. helped some people or something special, um, very often the Gandavas would come and shower flowers or, or sing. Um, you know, and they would be in their spaceships in their Vimana. And, um, and so, um, you know, because it was so, it was kind of normal then. There was all that was going on. It's so incredible. But that's what it's like in the higher, higher planes. But um, so, so they were described then, the, uh, the Gandavas, and there's a lot of other uh, names that um, are not coming to me right now, but I do bring them up in my talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be kind of doing that talk really quickly because it's a 45-minute one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it, I spoke a lot longer in, at Starworks. Um, okay. In uh, last year. Nice. Um, on that. <laughs> so I have a question. So if we <clears throat> wanted to read about this without going back to the actual, I mean, how would we read about it? Would we we go find comb through Vedic texts, or are there certain books that people have written that sum it up? Like, where do I find the cliff notes? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> they can go to um, the Bhakti Vedanta Book Trust. What is it? Um, and. Bhakti Vedanta Book Trust or BBT, okay. not see <laughs> BBT, and that's um, that's from the International Society for Krishna Consciousness and all the books. Okay, um, and there's so many, um, and they're translated um, in in a, in a proper way, you know, word for word, and so it's written in Sanskrit and then it's translated, so it's not sort of can't be messed with, you know, like there's so many. Mm-hmm translations out there but if they don't have the sanskrit and the word for word after that you, you're not sure if, if how right. true is this right yeah so um and it talks yeah, about that, the spaceships within those books yes um there'll be sections there'll be you know they come into the stories it's not like there's one title all about vimanas necessarily but okay. that, that, that if you look at the bhagavatam for instance there's so much interaction with different kinds of beings. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it's so interesting. You'll see Very that. Very interesting. So what do you think <laughs> of um, AI, good or bad? Oh, well, I don't think it's very good if it's, <laughs> if it's coming from... See, that's the thing, because we're not advanced souls, all of us, some right. more advanced than others, but and it's coming from us. And um, how can we make something that's... You know, we can't make something that's more kind or caring or... You know, so um, people are going to be using them for negative things, and um, so that's what concerns me. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that are coming out already about them. Can you give me one hand. story? Can you tell us um, one? You know what? I I would rather that um, not talk about. You, uh, people look into what Linda Morton Howe has been researching on that because I okay. can't remember all the all the facts. So for checking out AI stuff, we should check out um, yeah. Linda Moulton Howe. Okay, cool. I'll do it. Yeah, she's done some research into it. Quite a few speakers have. So has William Henry. Okay. Um, yeah, quite a few speakers um, who are you know at the conscious life. So you're emceeing the UFO panels. And yes. um, I'd love to hear who's going to be on it and sort of what hot topics you guys are going to be discussing. Yes. Um, well, we're calling it, um, e- well, I called it E.T. Influences in Human Evolution. And um, so nice. it's Grant Cameron, Paula Harris, Steve Mera from the UK, Stephen Bassett, Linda Moulton Howe, Emery Smith, and David Adair. And they all have so much to say on exactly that topic mm-hmm. um, because of you know some of the things that I was saying. You know, there's assistance from other planets in, in our science, in our technology. Um, people have had healing experiences and dreams like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes through in our creativity as well and um, raising our consciousness. 
So all these things are going on, and it seems like some of these um, extraterrestrials that have some care and compassion about us Mm -hmm. um, are giving us some um, insights and um, helping us evolve a bit more and quickly. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so, you know, more quickly because, you know, otherwise not just waiting for us to figure it out, but nudging because we have to do the work too. You know, we have to do it, Mm -hmm. but they can, you know, give us, like we were saying earlier, whether it's a crashed UFO or when we back engineer or whether it's something inspirational within our consciousness, um, they're helping us um, move forward. And there's so much hidden technology, we call it suppressed, really. Right. Suppressed technology, and even in the healing field that Emery Smith knows about, mm-hmm. that could help us with our um, you know, health, but it would also help us with our food and um, medicine and everything. Um, that is not being given to us as being mm-hmm. kept secret. So, yeah, we'll we'll have so much to talk about on that panel. I know. I am super excited. <laughs> I saw Emory Smith at Contact in the and, Desert, and he was talking about with the Secret Space Program these underground um, scanners, kind of like if you're going to get an MRI, but even more advanced. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. you can see him down to the the cell you know, see everything within your body Mm -hmm. and that these specific technologies are being used or that people who have a lot of money or, you know, the top 1%, they have access to it or whoever's in Mm -hmm. charge, you know, whatever you want to give their name, um, Mm -hmm. that they have access to this. But this is, you know, of course, we don't have the regular person doesn't have access to this. So I I thought that's, I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that all of our diseases could you know could be cured or that 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 is being hidden as well oh yeah i think a lot of things are being hidden yeah i mean it can be for financial reasons very often mm-hmm. uh, and or they say also you know for security but yeah the whole world could be helped so much and mm-hmm. um and that's like that kind of coincides with some of the things i've had experience in those learning experiences um where you know that the, the um, weather you know is being controlled and things like that or there's ways of growing food in the desert that that could have been already discovered but mm. we're not allowed to know so many different things like that and i'm very interested in in helping the planet because another belief we have really in in vedic studies those of us study the vedas mm-hmm. is that um that, that we're in a mini golden age although i was saying this is more like the age of ignorance or kali mm-hmm. there's a mini golden age within it that we're at the beginning of that where we can become, we can help the planet so much and also advance spiritually at this time. Mm-hmm. Not that we're going to live for a thousand years or anything like that that they used to in the past, you know, past advanced stages, but that we can at least, you know, um, become more knowledgeable, more wise, and sort of um, evolve to go on to a higher place after this life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it won't always be like that in this age, but it will be for a short time. So, um, yeah, I think some of these secrets you know, that are being held secret could come out and help us in so many ways. And also on the higher planets, the more, when I say higher, you know, it's not about where they are, it's about the the way of thinking. Mm -hmm. But everyone helps each other. It's not that they would be, you know, only be um, successful by putting down other people or that some people would be poor and some people would be rich, but they very much live in harmony. And that's part of their advancement, you know, and it's very, very much... um, uh, sort of ignorant and way back, you know, way, you know, kind of um, unevolved for us on mm-hmm. how we are on this planet at the moment. What you do know? you think happened? Why so, do you think we're at lower well, stages? Uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, that is something that the time periods, like I was saying, you know, they are a cycle mm-hmm. that's in the Vedas as a time period. Um, so this is the more ignorant time period and shorter lifespan. Mm-hmm. But it's also easier to become um, uh, evolved or, in, or, or grow spiritually mm-hmm. because it doesn't require years and years and years of meditation like it might have done before. Okay. Um, you know, there's easier ways. So that, there's two ways of looking at it, really. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I think that I do agree with that about the the, the cover up of those things. And mm. so, um, yeah, and everyone should have a chance. It's not just like the people who have more money. Right. Um, everyone should have more cha- a chance because when we have an easier life, this is what, really what I believe. Because you know, um, uh, that was how it was before. Um, when you have an easier life, you have more time to think about. Spiritual, spiritual growth, right. improvement of ourselves and others, and um, helping others and, and helping yourself. And when you're just trying to get by, get through life, and just try to live and mm-hmm. make enough money to live or eat, um, you can't, you have to put that on the back burner and think, okay, well, I can't progress spiritually because I don't have time. You know? right. um, so <laughs> Let me meditate so, yeah, while so, I'm shopping in the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, we do have to end up doing that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone can 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 progress. Everyone can, well, not just um, the, the certain people. <laughs> if we're in the beginning of the mini golden age, as you call it, mm-hmm. wh- what are some things that we can do day to day? Well, you know, I, I would really, um, I, I have, you know, I suppose I, I think a lot about food. It it just seems that's how it happens with me. I mm-hmm. I've always been a cook and. Um, and um, and I think you know vegetarian diet is really best. And um, so the energy, um, sort of the frequency of that kind of food helps us spiritually as well, because mm-hmm. you're not having any any energy of suffering or pain or um, mm-hmm. and also of course it's more pure all around. So I always think of that as the most important thing. And then what we always say is um you know kindergarten um, spirituality um, knowing that we're not this body <laughs> right. that's what we call you know the first thing to understand in spiritual growth is we're not this body we're spirit right. and then everything else makes sense everything else we're doing makes sense yeah we are going on after this lifetime because we're not in not the body mm-hmm. you know so that's so really understanding that and that doesn't mean not looking after yourself obviously you know you can look after yourself more and know that what in your opinion um, do you think of Elon Musk's SpaceX and Blink 182, or uh, Blink 182, Tom DeLonge's journey to the yeah? Is it turn, journey mm-hmm. to the Stars Academy? I think is what he calls it. What do, what yes, do you think about um, those? To the Stars Academy. To the Stars Academy. Well, I like it. I think that everyone's doing something, and I, I, I know that you know a lot of times people complain about that and they say, well, you know, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why are they keeping it? <laughs> they haven't brought everything out yet. But mm-hmm. no, they've done a little bit, little bit by little bit. And it's a big step to mm-hmm. see that on the news, um, you know, talked about how the, the, the Pentagon was involved in UFO research. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as a serious statement instead of a joke, because very often UFO things you know, sightings or something are a joke at the end of the news and everyone chuckles. Mm-hmm. So to have it be um, serious reporting all over the news um, and interviews and everything, right. I think that was, you know, really first class. And so it was a great start. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would like some more to happen. But I think everyone's effort is important. And so not to say, you know, oh, that person didn't say this or didn't say that. 
Right. <laughs> I think, well, what did they say and what did it bring and how many people are now thinking about it right. in a more serious way? You know? Right. Like coming together so, and stop trying to be the hero of it and everybody just... Yeah. Let, let's just all like in, be excited about disclosure however it comes, right? Yes, and, and every little bit helps. And um, and uh, Stephen Bassett, uh, you know, he... Um, I don't know him. He's... Oh, he's the executive executive director of Paradigm Research Group, ah. um, as PRG, and he um, has been fighting for um, disclosure with a capital B, government mm-hmm. disclosure, mm-hmm. for years. I mean, I, I think you know it was way back in '95 when I first met him at a conference, and he was already, you know, working in Washington for, towards disclosure. So he's speaking. He's on my panel. He's awesome. doing a workshop on Sunday evening, and he's doing a post-conference as well. And one and his workshop is about Tom DeLonge and to the Stars Academy awesome. at, at the Expo. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Um, I yeah. cannot wait. And what about Billy Carson? I follow him on Instagram. He has the Forbidden Knowledge on Instagram. Oh, and yeah. It's fascinating to me. Can you tell us a little bit about Billy Carson? Um, well, not more, probably not more than you do, because I haven't actually been able to catch up with his shows and all that yet. Um, but he is on the Ancient Alien panel. On, mm-hmm. on he is speaking. He's got his own workshop as well, and he is speaking um, on the Ancient Alien panel, and that's on Friday at the Expo. Okay. From um, from eight. Well, actually, it's from seven o'clock. Uh, it starts at seven. We're starting it early, so anyone who comes to the Expo. They're used to seeing the Ancient Alien Panel 8. It's actually at 7. Okay. It's in the Plaza Ballroom. <laughs> and you know we have Eric Von Daniken at the Expo. If you knew that. That's awesome. He's coming. It's incredible. So it's um, a tribute to Eric Von Daniken, um, oh, wow. Chariots of the Gods, 50-year anniversary. Wow. 50 <laughs> years. 50 years. And Billy Carson's doing an after party, I saw. Oh, he is, yes. He's doing a late one because he did that last year, too. Okay. So in the evening on Saturday at Conscious Life, we have there's a special event with the um, reception, speaker reception and award ceremony with George Norrie and actually Eric Wondanikin's receiving an award there. Oh, wow. And, and I wanted to ask you yeah. who you're excited about seeing this year. Oh, um, it, it's so hard to say. Okay, uh, always <laughs> Linda. Linda Moulton Howe is, is my friend, and uh, mm-hmm. but I she's got so much more information every time. Now she is going to be giving us some extra new some new information okay. about Antarctica that she hasn't said yet. That she hasn't said yet on her YouTube or anything. So about Antarctica and about Antarctica, yeah, and the postcon as well. So you know, I'm really excited. Um, to see her, and, um, oh, so many people. Um, Grant Cameron always talks about consciousness, and he he talks a lot about the dream. I mean, he knows some of my dreams, even mm-hmm. more than I've said here, mm-hmm. some of my, my information, and and how people are receiving this, this, this um, information in dreams and experiences, and our consciousness is the way, really, um, uh, improving or working on our consciousness. If we really want to see UFOs, if we really want to contact them, just you know, raise our consciousness. Mm. Um, David Adair, I've known him for years. He's an you know an amazing child prodigy, um, and now you know he's been he's a, a rocket scientist. He worked in rockets. He he was building rockets as a child, wow. but he's the one. I don't know if you heard. He's the scientist who, when even when he was very young, he was taken to Area 51 before it was called that. Before anyone knew what it was called, really, and um, 
he's hatched the engine of a of a UFO because they knew that he was um, a technical genius, and oh, wow. they thought that they could get away with understanding this. Um, obviously, they, you know, either brought it down or it had crashed. So it was the engine of a rocket, and he actually went inside and he realized that it was living, <gasps> and that's what he would already knew that they were because he'd had that experience in in dreams, and so. He knew that this um, this was not a you know just a machine, mm-hmm. but it was um, a connecting with his consciousness. And when he felt angry, um, because they were kind of making fun of him, talking down to him, even mm-hmm. though he knew what this was, mm-hmm. um, when he they were kind of angry when he realized that it was not from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then he started being annoyed, and and the engine it changed the whole um, skin of this engine. Wow. Um, reacted in a different way, and he realized that it was symbiotic. And wow. so that's what I had been studying in the Vedic texts that they, you know, that they're conscious. So this all made sense to me. And I, he used to tell me that in 1995, 1994, when I first met him. But he's um, been in rocket science for years. He's going to be on our panel, and he's also going to speak at the expo. Um, workshop and post-conference. So I'm looking forward to all that. Then also outside of the UFO field, well, um, you know, Dr. Robert Schock is ancient history and ancient mysteries. Mm -hmm. He's coming. He's going to be there Saturday talking about the sun and the sphinx and how Mm. so many civilizations disappeared around 9700 BC. um, And where did they go and why? Um, And it seems to be related to all this. So he's going to talk about that. Um, but also, not related to UFOs, we have um, Jason Silva. Okay. Um, you know, he's such an inspirational speaker and TV personality. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, he was the host of Brain Games at National Geographic. So he's coming, and Anita Morajani, who, um, you, know, you know, death experiences. Mm. Fascinating, wonderful, uplifting in- information. So I don't think I can cover because there's so much that I'm doing at the expo. Mm-hmm. I often have to watch the DVDs at the end. <laughs> I can't always see see everyone. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so much. Going to be this sounds amazing. I cannot wait. I cannot um, wait. And it's, everyone can go to um, consciouslifeexpo.com okay. to get tickets because you do save by getting them in advance. Okay. Consciouslifeexpo.com. Yeah. And check out all these panels that you've talked about. I can't, I, I I've seen Linda Moulton Howe. Um, and exchange a few words with her at Contact in the Desert. So I can't wait to actually see her again. And I, I mm-hmm. check out her her website is amazing and has so much information. And speaking yeah. of websites, please tell us your website and what we can find on yours. Yes, mine is vimana.org, like the, like the spaceships, um, V-I-M-A-N-A.org. Mm-hmm. And um, on there, well, you can see what, what conferences I'm at, but also... Um, you can see a little bit about the readings I do and how to have a Vedic um, reading. I'm also intuitive, so I pick up things both ways mm-hmm. when I do readings. So a little bit about that too. So a Vedic reading for per- for a person, what does that mean? Um, it's Vedic astrology. So it's astrology, but done with the ancient Vedic way technique. So the chart is a little different from the tropical astrology. Okay. And some people find there are different signs, but it all makes sense. Ah. And um, so I can talk about different cycles that you might be in. And, and, you know, with astrology, some people get worried, like, you know, is it 
kind of all written in stone, but it's not. It's not. We just know what energies are around, what's coming in, mm. and how we can use it, can use it different ways. Um, some, sometimes are better for spiritual growth and, and being more peaceful. And other times they're really fantastic for a career. So you want to take, you know, the opportunities that come up. So, you know, timing's important. You know? Mm. And as I was saying, you know, it can also help with times really auspicious times to get married or mm-hmm. do or go on a trip. Because just like we have a birth chart, um, a chart is formed on any important thing that we do. Mm. So um, we want to go and you know, do an auspicious activity on, on something that's really um, special and really a good day. You know, As a special gift to our listeners, um, can you share with them just a few things that's coming up mm-hmm. um, in 2019 and Vedic Astrology mini forecast? This year is kind of up and down a little bit because mm-hmm. um, next year will be better. But um, so <laughs> that's, that's one hilarious. thing. Doesn't mean don't do what you want. You always do what you feel you want to do. Um, Vedically, um, we actually have um, a little bit of a difference in where the planets are. There, they are a little bit. Um, sometimes, you know, people find their birthday is not the sign they think they were. Um, so that's why you might hear me say, oh, okay, it was in Pisces, now it's in Aries, just gone in, whereas tropical, they would have it already in there. So, um, so it's a little different. But yes, it was the quieter January, and it was a kind of a stark energy. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, there was even a shutdown of government. So right. that all made sense with that energy. And now it's action-oriented. It's great to start getting things done, and you'll feel more action-oriented now. Mm. But just be aware that that middle of February is a little bit too much, um, uh, and so you don't want to overdo it. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's times this year, um, and it's kind of through the summer mostly, and it's not in front of me right this second, right. Um, when, um, again, it's, it's a little heavy as far as earthquake possibilities or weather, um, because of the uh, conjunction of Saturn and Pluto, mm-hmm. and also um, the node K2 or South Node are all together. Okay. Um, so it was hard. Actually, I've been, you know, asked to find good days for weddings, which is very normal for me. Ah. But it's been tough to, you know, I often do that. I love doing that. I'm really good at doing that. Yeah. But um, it was kind of difficult until November, just because <laughs> of this conjunction of, the, of these really slow-moving mu- planets. You know, Pluto is very slow, obviously Saturn. And one thing about the new moon, because we just had a new moon, mm-hmm. and it's going to help us focus on the good things that we want and to get negative things out of our head. So, you know, if there were negative things or negative thoughts or or kind of obsessive thinking, Mm -hmm. um, really try to get that out of our head and to put, um, you know, make our priorities something that we want and to focus on because then we can can make it manifest. Wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, Serena, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking out the time. I know that you're super busy doing uh, producing the expo, and I just thank you for sharing about all the people that are going to be here and what you do, and I feel like I've learned mm-hmm. so much, and I really appreciate you coming. Are you oh, calling well, in? Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. I'll see you at the expo. Yes, looking forward to that. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So that's our show for today. Thanks for joining me. This has been Cosmic Goodie Bag on Dash Talk X Radio.